The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. What I want to share with you this morning is why I touch the world, and I want to share with you three reasons why we ought to touch the world. There's a scripture in Revelation chapter 7 that impacts me all the time. Every time I read this scripture, it just moves me. And uh, what, would you open to it if you have your Bibles or it'll come up on the screen for you. But it's just one of those scriptures that just moves me. It just gets my imagination ha- happening. And, and this is what it says, Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. It says, after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. I love that. No one could number this multitude. Uh, Some people believe there was only 144,000 in that multitude, but the Bible says that's numbered, 144,000. This is a number that no one could number. And, uh, And then it describes the multitude, and it describes where they come from. And here it is. They come from all nations, all tribes, all people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I love this because it gives us this little glimpse of heaven. It just It's like the curtains just separate for a moment and close, and we get this little glimpse of heaven. And this little glimpse of this incredible multitude all before the throne of God. But what I love the most about it is the multicultural making up of this congregation. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And you know when I look at our congregation, I just see a little touch of heaven here on earth. Because when I look around, I, I just see all the different nationalities and and uh, just... Just just humor me for a second. If either you were born overseas or your parents were born overseas, just give me a wave. Just lift up your hand. That's that's amazing. If you were born overseas or your parents born overseas, that's that's a and just keep your hands up because I want people to look around. This is look at that. Okay. Put your hands down. Let's try again. Um If you were born in Australia and your parents were born in Australia, give me a wave. You are definitely in the minority in our church. But this is this is this is how beautiful it is. It's like this this all nations, all tribes, and that's only the second service. I didn't do it in the first service. Maybe I should have. But but um, but you know the thing is this: that I'm going to be in that crowd. You're going to be in that crowd if you if you love Jesus. If, if, you, if you are one of those people that understands that salvation comes from God and you're one of those people that understands that salvation came from God through Jesus Christ who died upon the cross because that's the message of the gospel, then you'll be in that crowd. But, but on the flip side, there's going to be people that won't be there because they've never understood that salvation comes from God, that salvation comes from God through Jesus Christ. And it's, it's, it's like, I, I don't want there to be more people that are not going to be there than people that are going to be there. And not only that, but I want to do everything that I can possibly do 
to make sure that the most people under my influence can be there. And, and can I just say to you that because of what we're doing for missions, that you will receive rewards because you've helped us to make that crowd bigger. You've helped us and you're helping us to make that crowd bigger. Because one of the things that I believe is this, that one of the reasons why the second coming hasn't happened yet is because God is holding back. And you can read this in First Peter chapter 3, that God is holding back so that some more people can be saved. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like the end, the end will come, but there's just this, this, this door that's open, this door that's open just for a few more. Can we do some more? You know, while the door's open, can we do some more? You know what? I, I, I'm just so blessed. Is there anybody here that's so blessed? I wake up every day... And I live in blessing. Honestly, I live in blessing. I'm totally overwhelmed at how blessed I am. I open the fridge. There's food in my fridge. If there, then I've got a pantry. There's food in that pantry. I've got a wardrobe. I open the wardrobe and there's clothes in that wardrobe. There's shoes in that wardrobe. I, I mean, you know, I've got a beautiful house that's got more bedrooms than I can sleep in. I only need to sleep in one bedroom, but I've got more than one. I've got more bathrooms than I can use. You know, I'm blessed. You know, I've got, I've got more cars than I can drive at once. And it's like, I am just totally, totally blessed. And you know, when I think about it, so are you. You're totally blessed as well. I look around at this congregation and I see blessed people. One, one of the problems with us is that sometimes... We can look at what we don't have rather than thanking God for what we do have. Let me ask you a question. How many watches can you really wear at once? Seriously, how many shoes can you wear at once? You know, I've got more shoes than I can wear at once. I've got more watches than I can wear. I've got more jackets than I can wear. I've got more shirts. I've got more undies than I can wear. But please don't go there, okay? But so have you. This is the point. So have you. And so let's not be so caught up with the next thing that I need to get because it's all temporal. It all, it all disappears. And not understand that there's eternity and there's heaven and there's people. And let's put some value on people. And let's put some eternal value on people. Because when I look around this room, I see the fact that you're here today because someone shared the gospel with you. Someone reached out to you. Someone showed you some love. Someone somehow made their way to you and gave you an invitation to Jesus and you responded and you're here. And it might have been, it might have been your forefathers that were first exposed to this and your family got opened up to it and, and, and through your family, because that's exactly how it happened to me. My grandfather was the first in our generations that got exposed to the gospel, and he handed it on to his kids who handed it on to me, and I'm handing it over to my kids and handing it over to you, and it's like we're, we're all debtors because someone reached out to us. And so us doing missions is, is just someone that's received some bread 
wanting to share that bread with people that don't have any bread. And, and that's what Billy Graham said is his definition of the gospel, one beggar giving bread to another beggar because we've got it. And so what a joy it is to be able to say, I don't want to eat it all myself. I want to be able to share it and give it away. So, so here's three reasons why I do missions, why I touch the world. Number one, because it's an honor for the church. It's an honor. What an honor it is to work with God. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. He says, we are God's fellow workers. You just think about that. A fellow worker with God. We actually get to serve along God and do something significant eternally. What an honor it is that God comes knocking at our door saying, can you help me? What? God, you're the creator of the universe. Yeah, I am. But I actually want your help. Will you, will you help me? What's your response if God comes knocking at your door saying, will you help me? My response is, what an honor. What an honor. Imagine if the Queen of England just walked past your house one day, knocked at your door and said, hey, John, um, can you help me with something? Madam, of course, what can I do? Well, I've got a flat tire. Will you help me change it? Of course, whatever I can do. What an honor it would be to help the Queen of England in anything. You know, in anything, it would be an honor to help royalty. Imagine helping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. What an honor it is. And that's the reason why I touched the world, because God came knocking at my door and said, John, will you help me? Matter of fact, one of the great prayers is, pray the Lord of the harvest that he might send out laborers into the harvest field. And, and, and we're the response to it. We're the answer to that prayer. Imagine that being the answer to a prayer. What a wonderful thing it is. And you know what? When I sit here and I hear the stories, not about what we are going to do, but what we've had already done. This is ticked off. $7.6 million, 45 missionaries, 20,000 churches, 1.5 million decisions for Christ already. We've already done that. And the best is yet to come. What's more? Wow, there's still so much more. But you know what? Those figures can be so overwhelming. But you know what touched my heart was that Yazidi woman that Shane was talking about. Let's, let's bring it down, not to the big numbers, but to the one. Who's this Yazidi woman? Here's this woman that was, that was persecuted by ISIS. This, 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 this whole tribe of people, the Yazidi people in Syria, that are a people group that were totally persecuted, seen by ISIS as the scum of the earth, and these women were used as sex slaves. By, by, by ISIS, and many of them were consistently raped day after day after day, some of them 20, 30 times a day, just consistently raped. But somehow you and I have been able to reach through the chain of grace. Our love and our giving ended up at her door, this one Yazidi woman, chain of grace, your giving, where she was able to respond to the gospel. What an honor. What a privilege. We can all go home and say, that was worth it just to know that, that my giving, my commitment touched that woman, that one person. Let's put value on it, one soul at a time. 
me tell you why else we touch the world. Not only because it's the honor of the church, but because it's the heart of God. The heart of God is for people. One of my favorite passages, how many of you know that I've got so many favorite passages? Every Sunday you hear about one of Pastor John's favorite passages. That's because this whole thing from beginning to end is my favorite. Uh, But Luke 14 has this amazing story of the Great Supper. And it's a parable. And it's a parable about heaven. It's a parable about like the king invites people to the Great Supper. But it's like God inviting people into heaven. That's the parable. And so he sends his servants, and, and here it is. What an honor it is to be one of God's servants with the invitation, come to heaven, everybody. Come to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the doorway to heaven, but come to heaven. And so servants go out, and, and, uh, and all these people have got excuses. How many of you have found people have got excuses? Have you invited somebody and they've got an excuse not to come? And let me tell you, one day they're going to seriously regret it. But you know what? They come back to the king and said, all the people that you've invited, they don't want to come. They're busy. And basically, they were busy because they were rich. They were busy because they had land, they had houses, they had all sorts of you know, wonderful things. And, and so then what the king says is, okay, let's change course. Let's go to the needy people. And so he sends his servants to the blind, the lame the crippled, the, the, the people that were needy. And you know what I've discovered? I've discovered that most people are open to the gospel when they're in need. Huh? When they're in need, it's like, who can I turn to? Well, you can turn to Jesus. He's the one that's open. And so, and so let's change course. Let's find the people that are needy. And so they said, come, there's a feast prepared. And the needy all came. They all came, the blind, the lame, they all came. And, and the servants came back and they said, yeah, they've all come, but there's still room. And so this is what, this is what the king then says. He says, go back and compel them to come. Wow. Not just invite them. Now it's compel them. Now it's get serious about this. You've got to be a little bit more convinced yourself. So, oh, well, you know what? The invitation is okay. Compel them. Be serious about this. Be really motivated. How many of you know that to compel someone, you just don't give up? To compel somebody, you just keep persisting. There's this, there's this. Come on, don't you give? Don't. I'm not going to give up on you. It, it, uh, not on the first. No, I'm just going to shake the dust off my feet and move on. When you're compelling, you 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 are literally so motivated that life and death means that I'm not going to give up. And then you hear this from the master, and this just haunts me. Verse 23. He says, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. And you know what? When I read that, this this is what happens to me when I read that. It's like an echo chamber. I, I get this echo chamber in my head in the corridors of heaven. And the echo chamber, I can hear like the voice of God, that my house may be filled. And I, and I get to hear the heart of God. 
I get to hear the heart of God for people. That God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. I, I, I feel that. And, and you know what? That's why God sent Jesus, because it was his heart for people. You know how much you love by how much you're willing to give. And I'm telling you right now, the test of your love is how much you're willing to give. You know, and, 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 this is, and this is John 3.16 right there. For God so loved the world. Well, okay, so how much did you love the world? What are you willing to give? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Is there anything more valuable to God than his only begotten son? That's how much he loved you. That's how much he loved the world. I touch the world because it's an honor for the church. Because it is the heart of God. And I touch the world. I do missions because, number three, it's the hope of the world. The hope of the world. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. After John 3.16, I think it's the most popular verse in scripture. And here it says this, that God's desire is to give us a future and a hope. Here it is. It's all about hope. And do you know what? What a great message we have, the message of hope, because the world doesn't have the message of hope. The world has a message of hopelessness. Hopelessness. There's hopelessness everywhere. We've got a generation of, of young people growing up that are afraid that the polar ice cap's going to melt. They're afraid that Venice is going to sink under the sea. So better get to Venice straight away because it's sinking, folks. You're not going to see it. I, I seriously, I we just came back from a cruise. Anne and I just came back from a cruise. And one of the things that we did on this cruise is that we went snorkeling in Numea. And so we did this snorkeling excursion over this reef. We, we swam with turtles and got to swim with a shark. It was far enough and small enough for not to frighten her. But she, she swam with a shark. It was 35 miles away, but she swam. No, I'm only kidding. It was within sight, but she swam with a shark. I was so proud of her. And um, anyway, so we're sitting, we're sitting on this boat, and I'm talking to this young girl who's maybe 10, 11 years of age, first time snorkeling. And, and I said, what's, what's one of your ambitions in life? And, and this is what she said to me. She says, one of my missions in life is to go snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef before it's destroyed. She's 11 years of age, and she lives in this world that says the Great Barrier Reef will be destroyed in her lifetime. Why is that? Because of, you know, just climate change and deforestation and, and all the stuff. We, we've got a generation of people that are living in a world of hopelessness. And what's our message? The message is God wants to give you a future and a hope. We've got the greatest message in the world. We've got the message that brings peace to people, brings joy to people, brings healing to people. We've got a message that's able to restore the brokenhearted, that's able to renew marriages, that's able to, to renew families. We, we've got a message of hope. It's the message of the gospel. I love the way that Paul describes it in Romans chapter 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. And Paul is talking about the gospel as the power of God. There's power in the gospel. And we as messengers have been given power to produce the message of the gospel wherever we go. What a great privilege it is to have the power of God, the gospel. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Is there a more beautiful message in the world than this? Maybe you're here today and you've not received the gospel. Maybe you're here today and someone invited you to come. We're not only taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're declaring the gospel here in Chatswood every single week. There is no greater thrill for us than to lead one person to Jesus and help them find that God loves them, that God wants to forgive their sins, that God wants to write their name in the book of heaven, and that God wants to give them eternal life forever and abundant life for now. That's the power of the gospel. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.